0: Welcome to the Healing Station with Dr. Davis. I am your host, Dr. Davis, and I am so excited to be here. I know we took a little bit of a break, Um, so now we are in season two, season two of Heart Conditions, which I am so thankful. And I just want to give a shout out to all of those have been rocking with us from the beginning, and those who are new, welcome. We welcome you with open arms, and we are very hopeful and prayerful that this will bless you and this will help you along your healing journey um, and help you to feel all your feels (laughs) in a healthy way and so today sylvia and i will be talking about hurt so i'll let sylvia go ahead and say hi to the people hey
1: (laughs) hey everyone i'm so glad to be back listen did y'all make it through the holidays did y'all be able to process (laughs) what you went through with your families you know (laughs) have you know families that are estranged a little indifferent we all got that cousin and that uncle that's just like you a little far from the box I don't know not you far know. from the box. <laughs> but um I'm so glad to be here I'm excited to talk about hurt the
0: feeling of hurt yes and I know unfortunately some of us have dealt with that over this holiday break um However, there is hope. And so I wanted to start off our conversation on hurt with just an acknowledgement that I don't know about you, but I, as I think about the feeling of hurt, it has been something that in the past I have wanted to deny. And if I can be honest, even sometimes right now in the present, wanting to deny um, just in this place of you know, not wanting, either not wanting to come across a certain way or to be um, vulnerable to certain people that I don't feel safe around, for example, it's like, I don't want to admit this hurt, not feeling safe enough sometimes to admit that something has taken place that has hurt my feelings in a way. And so this has hurt in general, is a feeling that I have grown in being okay with admitting Um, an area that has really helped me personally um, when it comes to hurt is like in relationships So in friendship being able to be honest about how I'm feeling with friends that are safe and that I know care for me and then also in my marriage as well being able to be honest about when we you know when he hurts me and like oh that hurt my feelings like let's talk about that so that though being able to be vulnerable in those areas has helped me be more comfortable to do it in spaces or to even even if the person isn't safe outside of those particular relationships but being able to admit that I'm hurt and even being able to take that especially always to God because he's always a safe place for that so this makes me think of that and I'm wondering for you what has hurt been and like What has that been like for you to kind of like overcome that fear of hurt, if you will, that all of us feel to an extent?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it takes a lot of courage to admit that you were hurt.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. And
1: what is essentially, you know, it's emotional and spiritual. I would also say physical um, pain that we feel and it exposes our desire um, to lead, to seek healing, right? Because it's it's the pain that it's letting us know the the pain in our heart mm-hmm. is emotional and spiritual. The pain in our heart that we're feeling, or even on our body, right? When we go to the doctors, they're like, "Where are you hurt?" It's like, "Oh, I hurt right here." You know, and you have to be vulnerable in exposing what is causing you pain or where that pain is. And I think it takes a lot of courage to be able to admit that you're hurting because even too also, like you said, like being hurt. A lot of times hurt, emotional and spiritual pain can come from relationships, you know, relationships mm-hmm. with friends, families, all of the things like that. But it's also the same feeling that we still have to use to be vulnerable and to connect with other people. Um, we have to use relationship to heal. <laughs> so yeah. the very thing that can wound us can also be the very thing that heals us at the same time. And I think yeah. it's really cool. I made these feelings for connection.
0: Ain't no way around it. You have to Ain't no way. To- It makes me think, like, I always, like, even with clients and as I work with people, and I'm like it's the cure and the cause like relationship we're relational beings and there's no way around it. Like we were created to be in relationship with God and in relationship with each other. And that's how, yes, unfortunately we get hurt because we're in a fallen world and we all, we all works in progress at the same time. It is through those same, like not necessarily that same relationship that hurt you, but it's in those relationships that we literally can have the corrective experiences that are necessary for us to heal. And anytime somebody challenges me on that, that, especially in therapy i'm like uh you do realize that this is a therapeutic relationship <laughs> and so literally like this is a relationship and so you're healing through this professional relationship this therapeutic relationship but just like it works in therapy it works outside of therapy too um with those that we are uh, in families with or in you know relationship with in different ways and so i definitely agree with you on that where it's like it is that's, that's where um that's where that's where we heal another part where you were talking about like being able to admit and having the courage to say like I'm hurt a big part of this is that we are responsible to own how we feel and <laughs> like to so even though a lot of times when we're hurt we don't trigger that hurt like we are not the ones that um we betray ourselves. Well, sometimes we can <laughs> but a lot of times in this hurt it's not us that trigger the hurt. Somebody else on the outside has triggered us to be hurt in this moment. But it is our responsibility to own that, to own how we feel about what happened to us in order for us to be able to move forward. And a lot of times we don't want to take that ownership. We want to be able to like project it on someone else, blame someone else or force them in some way. to take that ownership of how we're feeling and then to do something about it, like to make up for it. Um, However, and it makes me think of like how hurt becomes impaired, which is when we talk about resentment in particular. And so resentment, is defined can be defined as like hurt denied minimized or projected onto another and it literally kills relationships and cuts off healing because it puts us in this place of denial and blame on the other person and so what are your thoughts on resentment in particular
1: yeah um exactly that was exactly what i was gonna say like because it requires us because it is such a vulnerable feeling and it requires us to take ownership it can lead us, like you said, into that resentment, into um, even like denial and defensiveness, um, and which can lead to like harm of other people as well. And I know for me, you know, I had a former friendship that I recently had to let go of. We were friends for over twenty years, and you know, we grow up with somebody as ch- as a child. It completely and you grow up with them into adulthood, your needs and your desires and all of those things, they shift. But if you don't ever have that time to have conversation about, hey, like what we used to do when we were kids doesn't necessarily work for me while we're adults. and And it wasn't until the very latter part of our friendship where as I'm walking with the Lord, he started to really open my eyes to see. And he allowed a lot of the hurt (laughs) that I had stuffed down inside of me because stuffed down inside of me in regards to our friendship. And it came up to the surface. Mm. And I was like, man, like a lot of this stuff I'm really still hurt about. Like, and and because I would go into that impaired space of denying, like, because in the past I would try to maybe say, hey, like this hurt my feelings. And that person would just kind of in their own way, deny it in so many ways, or, you know, kind of make me feel as though what happened wasn't really what happened and I shouldn't feel the way I felt. And so I stuffed it inside of me. And then I, once I started working, walking with the Lord and he brought that up to the surface of me and I was like, oh my goodness, like there is a lot of hurt. There's a lot of, a lot of pain still here in regards to feeling like, this person didn't show up for me in the, in the places that I needed them to show up for in me for. And it caused a lot of like, um, essentially like some type of like resentment of like you doing all this stuff for other people, but it's not for me. Like in yeah. all of this, and it, and it's just, it just, it, it is, uh, it's interesting when you're in a space where you finally are taking ownership of this, of like saying, Hey, like this, this didn't feel good when this happened. Yeah. It was, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, but this didn't feel good and it's still affecting me this day. And whether or not that person receives it, that's how you decide to go and move forward about what yeah. your relationship is or is not. But I, I discovered that relationship, I was very hurt about a lot of things because I went into a space of denial, um, unfortunately. Um, yeah. And even to being in a space where I'm, you know, walking with the Lord having to learn to find my voice, right? And the Lord would tell me I was teaching children one day. I teach dance. Um I have the privilege of teaching dance to young girls, teaching life skills through creative movement. And one day, one of these girls, one of my students came in and she was in such a mood and I was like, "Listen, it's okay to have moments, it's okay to have feelings, it's okay, you know, I just need you to communicate with me that you are experiencing something. You don't have to give me details, but you at least have to let me know, so that way I can have a better expectation of how you are supposed to operate in class, right? And I was like, I can't help you if you don't let me know what's going on. and. The Lord turned around and flipped that on me because I have a habit still, right, of denying and stuffing stuff inside of me. And, like, you know what? It's fine. It didn't happen. You know, it's cool. I'll just get over it type of things like that. But all of that denial is just suppressing it. And then the Lord ended up telling me, He was like, when the Lord would get on my nerves or the Lord would make me feel a type of way and I would be upset with God, He did something that hurt my feelings or there's some disappointment or somewhere. He would, I would just. I was just going inside myself and I wouldn't say nothing. And the Lord ended up telling me, he was like, Sylvia, I can't help you if you don't tell me what's going on. If you don't show me where you're hurting. And I'm like, whoa, that's deep. That's very deep. Um, So it's it's an interesting thing. You, you have to be vulnerable and express your dependence, express your needs when you are hurting.
0: It makes me think of that, the difference between hurt and harm. And so, we know that we will hurt those that we love and that we care about um, unintentionally at the same time when it comes to harm like hurt it well harm in the difference there is that when you harm someone it has the and you're denying like because you were talking about those people who will deny how you feel like you'll tell them like this is how I'm feeling and they'll be like you don't you no get over that you don't feel that way yeah. or like like really denying that and so that's harmful when we do that to people that is harm so now you're in a different place and so when we are called to love people yes there's a willingness to be hurt in relationship but that doesn't mean that you get the right to harm people so that that is different um and as I think about what you were saying how literally this puts us in this place of how that resentment that we feel when we are harboring hurt and we are suppressing it and we are denying it, how that puts us in a place of rejection in the sense that we literally are rejecting those who are reaching out toward us. Like in the example that you gave with the student where it's like, you're wanting to help her, but let's say she's like, has a whole attitude It's just like real. So basically in that moment, she does not realize this. This is not something that she's doing consciously per se, but she's punishing you basically for whatever had took place before. Yeah. And she's trying to get you to pay for it or whoever else around. And so that really shows how resentment not only gets you in this place where you're trying to punish the person that did whatever they did, where you're trying to get them to um, help you, Fix, help you heal, and like feel the feelings for you and all of that. But it also puts you into a position where people who are like innocent bystanders have nothing to do with the situation, are now put in this position that you're trying to let them suffer for what happened as well, um, yeah. which puts you in a place where now you're bitter and now no one wants to be around you because no one wants to be punished, especially when they didn't do anything. They, have, they don't even know what's going on. They like very ignorant <laughs> to what's happening. Um, so. And then the very thing that heals you, as we said before, which is relationship, now you are cut off from, and mm-hmm. you feel justified in it because you're like, "That's why I choose yeah. people." People, da, da, da. and so now it's like, <laughs> now everybody's the enemy, and it's like, "Dang, if we would have got to the root of this, we could have, we could have uh, not, you know, avoided all of this." So it just, it just made me think of that as you were talking, just how much resentment puts us in a position to be to feel rejection and to like reject to feel rejected or feel rejection personally cuz like we're pushing people away and we don't even realize it's because we are rejecting the help that's being offered to us. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's and the book talks about in the book um discovering the eight feelings, um the voice of the heart. It talks about how severe the pain of hurt is and when it goes to a space where it's denied, where it's minimized, where it's unaddressed or not acknowledge, um, it can really leave us in a space of emotional and spiritual, eternal bleeding, essentially, like we are bleeding, you know, and we're not seeking the help for it. And it makes me think about actually in the Bible, makes me think about Joseph, um, who experienced some deep trauma, Mm. some deep hurt from his brothers, um, uh, from his brother so those of you and i want to go to it's a little little bit but um mm-hmm. genesis 42 um this is where for those of you who don't know joseph was a young man who was of like 12 brothers um and he was kind of favored by his dad you know <laughs> um kind of favorite he got a coat of many colors all of the things and so he ended up having a dream of how his brothers and his Parents and stuff will bow down to him. All of the things, essentially, saying that he would be ruler, right? And of course, his brother was like, nah, "No!" And so they ended up selling him into slavery. They threw him into a pit, and then they ended up selling. They was going to kill him, but they was like, "No, no, no! We just go ahead and sell him for like two nickels, okay?" And so within that, he ended up being sold and sold into slavery in Egypt. And he got, Joseph goes through this long journey, 12 or so years in the, in the prison, um, the palace, all of the things like that, just all these trials, all these issues. But eventually the Lord ends up exalting him and he goes to a space where he's now governor over the entire land of Egypt. So I want to jump to, um, Genesis 42, Genesis 42, starting at verse seven. And so now it comes to a point where Joseph is now ruler or governor over the land in Egypt. And now there is a famine that's beginning to take place in the land. But Joseph being smart, being the man of God that he was. He was wise enough to store up food beforehand. So people from other towns and cities and stuff were coming to where he was in Egypt to be able to buy food, to get food, all of the things like that, just to survive because there was a famine. There was a shortage in the land. So starting at verse seven, his brothers ended up being like, hey, listen, let's go ahead and go to Egypt. Not knowing that their brother was there. They was like, let's go to Egypt. And um, let's get some food because we're going to die if we stay here. So um, then it says at verse seven, it says, as soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them and he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Where did you come from? He asked from the land of Canaan, they replied to buy food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. Then he remembered his dreams about them and said to them, you are spies. You have come to see where our land is unprotected. No, my Lord, they answer, your servants have come to buy food. We are all the sons of one man. Your servants are honest men, not spies. And so then he goes on to say, no, he said to them, you have come to see where our land is unprotected. So you see all of this hurt right now, all of this resentment that's coming up inside of him right now, because especially they don't even, his own brothers don't even recognize him, right? It's been that long since they sold him into slavery and stuff like that. But now he's at a place where now he's trying to punish His brothers. Right. And it continues to go on. I want to skip over to let's go down to 24 um, verse 24. Which says, um, after he chastises them, like, where are you coming from? Why are you here? All of this stuff like that. All of these initial feelings are coming back to the surface because he never got to address this with his brothers. Um, and so verse 24, it says, he turned away from them and began to weep, but then he came back and spoke to them again. He had Simeon taken from them and bound before their eyes. Joseph gave orders to fill their bags with grain, to push each man's silver back in his sack and to give them provisions for their journey. After this was done for them, they loaded their grain on the way to donkey's left at the palace. They stopped for the night. One of them opened the sack to get, fed, get feed for his donkey. And he saw his silver in the mouth of the sack. My silver has been returned, he said to his brothers. heres Here it is in my sack. Their hearts sank and they turned to each other, and t- turned to each other trembling and said, what is this that God has done to us? And so here it is, you see him in a space of denial, right? Like he's like, he went off to the side to go and cry and weep and do all the things. But then he goes back and then he's putting putting them through more tests, right? Like still all of this punishment. So let's skip to um, Genesis 43, starting at verse 30. So then it goes on to saying, Joseph puts them through all this test. He's like, go get your brother, go get your other brother, go get this and go get that and all this stuff. And then. Joseph again. Here we see at verse thirty. It says um, Genesis forty three. It says, deeply moved at the sight of his brother, Joseph hurried out and looked for a place to weep. He went into a private room and wept there. After he washed his face, he came out. He came out and controlling himself, served the food. They served him by himself, the brothers by themselves, and the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves, because the Egyptians could not eat. With the Hebrews, for that was detestable to the Egyptians. So then we skip over to um, Genesis forty-five. Here, so after they them put after Joseph had put them through so many tests, told them to go back to your own land and get your other brother. And you know, um, then he ended up putting like some type of silver or something in their bag, and basically to try to test their. He was testing their hearts to see if they were still thieves, see if they were still you know malicious and all of those things like that. Then we skip to verse 45 and then it says, starting at verse one, it says, Genesis 45, starting at verse one, it says, then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants, He cried out, have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that he, that the Egyptians heard him and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me when they have done so. He said, I am your brother, Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And and now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. So you just see this whole like, journey of his brother showing up that had recently sold him into slavery years ago that about this hurt that was never addressed um and you see him just kind of doing denial and resentment and going through the motions kind of what are your thoughts in regards to this
0: so the first thing that stood out is actually like before we even get to joseph having to process through his hurt and and come out of resentment it made me think of this all started because of resentment like his brother's resentment toward him which ultimately was rooted in their resentment toward their father yeah because their father favored him and was thus and made them feel jealous made them feel like hey ain't I here like and like am I not your son too and so there's this piece where it all starts because of the hurt that they had with their father who is favoring a son over them and they are a son too and they're like this isn't fair and now they're and they don't talk to their dad about it there's not they don't work through that hurt they're not admitting like i'm hurt because i want to be treated fairly that doesn't happen there's a denial of that and so now they feel justified in their resentment in that denial to say joseph is trash to us <laughs> like we literally can like kill him throw him away sell him the savory for like pennies on the dollar and so literally they feel justified in treating him that way and don't have any like remorse for it uh, originally because they're just like whatever like this is what he gets he deserved it in a way um yeah. and it's misplaced her is like now we're gonna punish joseph for what dad did to us here um yeah. and then and then there's jealousy of course with the dreams and all of that and so then it goes into this space where now joseph is deeply hurt like he's once this favored protected honestly child um and yeah. now he's yeah, exposed to the elements he goes through so much in his journey of being a slave and and being you know in jail and making and like all mm-hmm. the stuff that happened <laughs> um you know being accused of rape and all this stuff so there's just a lot of trauma and drama that takes place and now yeah. he's the lord has lifted him up all the way and so now is like in charge he is in charge due to his um his gift of being able to interpret dreams um and now he meets the people who literally put him in that situation and he gets to have a choice of like okay Do I now engage in the very thing that got me here, which is like, be resentful and like, he could punish them. That's justifiable, right? Well, not, you know, not really, but quote unquote justifiable in the sense that y'all did this to me. I can now punish you for what you've done yeah. i can take um revenge in my own hands i and and we know that we're not called to do that as believers it's like vengeance <laughs> is the lord's um and it's not for us to take and it doesn't mean people get away with what they did and all of that that's not what this is about um however that how he does justice is different than how we do justice because yeah. as you can see joseph brothers engaged in their own justice and that was not that's not okay <laughs> that's not okay and so a lot of times we feel justified in doing that but we're we're not and our version of what is good and what is justice and what is justifiable is tainted to be honest and we don't want to admit to that but it is so yeah with that being said it's a perfect example of why it is important to allow the lord to work on these things and to um, give us justice because as you can see this is what takes place when we try to take matters in our own hands. And then also why it's important to work through resentment and not allow it to lead our decisions or make us feel justified in punishing others and for us denying how we feel and not wanting to um, own that. And so that was the first thing that came to mind as you read through it. I was like, man, this yeah. all starts because of that. Um, and right. then as you read through the rest, it was like, he's really wrestling with this. Like, do I, put this in Lord's hands and or do I like admit like you know I'm a big man in charge do I admit like this hurts me and so even like him going off to on his own and crying and it's to the point that there's so much deep-seated hurt he can't take it anymore so it's like everybody out I'm about to let this out and we're about to have this conversation privately um but they can still hear because he was so loud with his crying um but it just made me feel like okay this is what is possible where we can even though we feel these feelings even though we have can deny we can make a choice like at any point you can make a choice and say hey I've had enough enough is enough it's been long enough let's deal with this and let me let this out and let me be honest about what's going on in my heart so that I can heal this relationship possibly can be reconciled because we can't yeah. control if the other person is willing to go down that route, but we can do what we can control, which is to release it and start that process for ourselves, if not for the relationship as well. So that's what came to mind as I yeah. went through that.
1: Absolutely. And I think, too, also, you kind of just see, like, you know, because hurt essentially can lead us to a space of hope and lead us to faith and strength, right? And, mm-hmm. and really longing for that in in aspects to get to a space of healing, right? And so through all Joseph has been through with being sold into slavery, being in slavery, being accused of rape, (laughs) and then going being thrown into a prison and just all of these trials that he's been through, he's had to depend on God through it all. And so when it came down to a space where now here is this main root of your hurt, that's coming back to the surface you know, and you have power in your hands. Now he made a, he made a decision. He tried like, cause he, it said that he like bound up one of his brothers right before his other brother's eyes. So he tried to do little things, but essentially it just led him back to the space of being faithful to God. And like, you know what, I'm just going to trust the Lord through this and let him be the one, you know, cause at the end of the day, it said like, what you meant for evil. They, um, God meant for good right so he eventually chose to let it go and it led him to a space of a greater dependency on God to be able to be like I'm gonna trust God with this I'm just gonna expose what the issue was and reveal it and then let it come let healing come from that and let whatever take place from that so I think that is even just even very mature for him to be in that space to be like hey listen you hurt me he tried the other things but essentially he landed on you know what? Let me just expose what just happened. What happened? I'm hurt by what mm-hmm. you all did, but okay. Cause I'm actually somewhere in between it. He got <laughs> healed real quick when he decided to just let it go. Right. And to confess it. So I thought that was pretty, pretty good and mature. And I would say, what would you, what is, what, what should we do when the hurt that we've stuffed down for years <laughs> um, just comes back to the surface? And it appears. What what should we do? What are the appropriate steps for that?
0: One, don't stuff it back down. Because <laughs> I feel like a lot of times we immediately, when that happens, it's like, uh-uh, get back in there um, and try to stuff it back down. So I think the first part is to allow that to come up and to go ahead and admit like, OK, I was hurt. And there's different ways that we could. Um, Of course, release that. I think the main thing is being able to to release it in some way. So one way practical way of doing that is to be able to write about it, you know, write it out, journal it out. Um, Another great way to do that is reaching out. So anytime that comes up, you want to connect with someone. Um, Safe, So it might not be time to reach out to the brother or to the uh, person that actually hurt you. It might not be time to do that. We might need some more processing before we get there. And that's where, you know, friends come in. That's where therapy comes in. That's like, that's where we can reach out to somebody to help us process through it so that we can build up. You know, that courage to be able to confront if we need to confront or do um, release and do all the things. And so practical ways of doing that on your own, of course, is to be able to give that to God or journal that out. Reach out to friends um, or trusted family member. Also go to therapy, have somebody who is like perfect professionally trained to process these um, hurts with you as they come up to help really guide you. Because a lot of times, especially for those of us who have numbed ourselves so much to our feelings, it can be overwhelming, honestly, as these things start popping up. And that's what that's what makes therapy so powerful, because you're able to walk through that with somebody in the safe space that is trained to help you start feeling your feelings, basically, and help you make sense of what you're feeling and normalize the fact that, okay, it is going to feel a little overwhelming at first, but it's like a wave and yes, it's going to, it looks big and like, Oh, it's up here, but then it's eventually going to crash and you're going to come back down. Um, And so, because of that wave going up a lot of times you want to like turn it off like I'm done turn back turn back but it's like no we have to go through this so that we can get on the other side and the only way to do that is to go through it there's no denying it Um, so the biggest practical advice to that is to allow that to happen and then to start to make that decision that I'm going to start releasing this as I'm feeling it. So reaching out to others, um, going to therapy, journaling, all of these, things that you can do to be able to confess that this is happening Um, and as simple as being able to call a friend and being honest about something is so powerful and people don't even realize that like just being able to confess and be like this hurt my feelings even though I'm not necessarily talking to the person that hurt my feelings in that moment just being able to talk with somebody and have them listen to me and validate my feelings is the beginning of that process of healing. <laughs> is that beginning of that process of being able to say, okay, is this a relationship that I want to reconcile with, and then what are the steps to doing that so that I can repair this relationship? Um, yeah. So that's what comes to mind. That's that practical steps in in dealing with hurt.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's
0: good. But yes. So as I think about even what you said before when you were talking about hurt and faith and like. Um, Just how, like, the faith piece about it It made me think how hurt is a building block for faith, like how it really helps us build our faith. And as much as we hate to admit it or hate to go through it, it is literally in these spaces when we are going through hard times and when we are hurt that we are able, that our faith is being perfected, that we are able to um, learn to allow that hurt to put us in the position to reach out to God and to others and to really trust him um, and really trust that, Just like what Joseph said, like what you meant for evil is going to turn for good. And so that is when our faith is able to be built in those moments. And hurt can expose our questions that we have. It exposes the areas that we still are wondering, like, hey, does God really care about me? Is he really going to come through? So it really exposes the holes in our faith, if you will, and gives us the opportunity to patch them up. And to really be able to stand on what we say we believe. And that's how I see it. Like, as we go through this, it's like, okay, this sucks. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. It sucks. But what is this exposing? Whether that is some unmet needs there, some past hurt that we haven't dealt with, that's all bubbling up to the um, surface here. And then also, is this exposing some questions that we have about God and his faithfulness? And what do we need to deal with there as well? Um, And so that's another thing as I think about how hurt can offer us healing, it really does expose those areas, if you will, that we need to focus on that do need healing.
1: Yeah, I think that's really good because I'm thinking about in regards to my former friendship that I previously mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, once, my, once I started realizing um, all the hurt that I had experienced from our friendship, I started to recognize the reason why I was so hurt in the beginning is because I never had a voice really mm. throughout our friendship. And so it helped me to see um, this is a pain point where I need to learn to speak up and I need to learn to voice what I feel and voice what my concerns are. And as I was, as the Lord was walking me through that process, um, it was very interesting because I had to really learn to depend on him because normally what I would do is in that space of like denial, right? I would try to, or like management, the book talks about trying to manage things or trying to control things. So normally what I would do is when I would feel a certain type of way, normally what I would do is I would try to like go above and beyond and like, you know, and just completely like make this other person feel comfortable completely denying what I felt all of the things is like you know what you're right I'm wrong I'm gonna just do everything that I can essentially to make you not mad at me make you not upset with me all of the things like that um but then throughout this through through this as the Lord was revealing to me like hey like you don't have a voice (laughs) and this is why you're hurt because you never voiced up and spoke the things that you whatever or when you did speak up it was stumped on it was it was very much suppressed um and so learning to trust god through that he would I, if normally i would do that and i was like okay well maybe lord i could just you know i can move this block here and i could do this and he was like don't do anything just let the pieces fall where they may and i was like whoa no it's gonna crash no and then when i finally had to just you know when he finally led me to end the friendship in the relationship um i had to really lean and trust god like yeah. he was going to me through it like that was the hardest thing I ever had to do one of the hardest things I ever had to do at that time of like hey this is something so meaningful for me but I have to go a different direction that was hard that was hard but I learned to find my voice in that moment and so it's so true like it it really speaks to the areas that need still need healing who knew that your voice needs healing like I didn't Mm. know that I didn't have a voice, you know, when it comes to relationships or friendships or whatever it is and addressing and speaking my concerns. And when it happened, I literally after it happened, I told the Lord, I was like, ouch, that hurt. That, like, hurt? that really hurt. That really it just felt like something just ripped. But I also it was also a sense of like, whoa, I just spoke up and I was hurt. Like and I was hurt. So it was like this like weird thing. And I guess too, like, how do you, how would you say, or is it even possible to be hurt by God? Like, how do you even deal with that as well?
0: Yeah, it is (laughs) because we're human and we have feelings. And as I even think about the Psalms, like there's so many points that they're hurt by God. It's like, do you not see me? Do you not realize, um, throughout the scriptures, you see people who are crying out to him in their hurt of feeling like, he left them and then Even in those same chapters they can say Like I can I feel this way But your word says and I know That you are with so it's like it's that wrestle um, That you see, that we all Go through and there's so many examples Of that which helps normalize The experience because we will experience That that's like guaranteed um, Just because Of you know Where we like our circumstances what we Can see versus what we can't see which is where The faith comes in um, and so in those moments, it makes me think as you were talking about being able to trust God, being able to have that faith and build that faith that he will fix. Cause in that moment, he's like, don't do nothing. You're like, what do you mean? Like I have to fix this. He's like, "No, just just let me handle it um, and then seeing how he does handle it i I would assume that on this side of it, you can see like you trust him more, your faith is built in that, and so when he's right. asking to let things go, you're more likely to 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 not hesitate as much, and we still have those moments, but <laughs> not little... as much <laughs> more. we're wrong. a little bit more quick, a little quicker in our let go, maybe not totally. Right away, but a little quicker in our let go. But it also speaks to hurt and intimacy, how ultimately hurt leads to intimacy. Because in our hurt, with me coming to God and saying, I am going to trust you with my heart, I'm going to trust you with how I feel right now. And then when you have that person um, and have God in particular in this example being able to say, I hear you, and to like validate that and to like walk. Through that with you, without making you feel like uh, you don't even heard about this. Get over it. Like is so, allowing you to do that and being so kind and gentle in that process, it helps build that intimacy. Um, so the most intimate relationships we have are the ones where we are able to admit. To that hurt and we are heard and we are validated and we are cared for even when that person themselves is the one who hurt us and a lot of times I I want to encourage people because a lot of we think so highly of ourselves (laughs) and we can't help it we're like you know that's other people hurt people but not me but it's like no we we all are guilty of yeah you know, misstepping and misinterpreting and getting it wrong is just a part of human nature. And that is okay. You're going to hurt people in relationship. And there's times where we do harm because we are so hurt by us hurting that we want to deny that the hurt took place. And it's like, no, like that is not helpful. We have to own up to that. And so one thing uh, as you were talking through it, it's just like when we want to build these intimate relationships, it is not about immediately saying no, because it makes me think of it means saying no is in denying that it happened because of your own discomfort with what you just did um, yeah. or what you didn't do or, or what you think you didn't do, like all that kind of stuff. So it makes me think going back to what you're saying with God, where it's like we know God is good and we know According to his word, like nothing he does is to harm us. He doesn't harm, but he can't. He can't harm us. In our hurt, though, we can feel like we are being harmed by God. We are Mm -hmm. not, but we can have the perception that we are. And even in us falsely accusing God of harming us, because according to his word, he's good. So there's no harm that can be done by him, right? We can feel hurt, but he's not harming us. And even in that moment where we can, feel and project like the harm that other people have done because ultimately we're we're projecting the harm that other people have done onto him mm-hmm. and we're saying this belongs to you and it doesn't but we are saying that and even in that moment he could and be justified because he didn't harm us be like no <laughs> like just shut us all the way down but even in in his love and kindness and his mercy he doesn't approach us in that way yeah And he allows us to feel our feelings, express it all, go through all of the, oh, woe is me, the self-pity, all of that. And he can sit with us in that. And he can still comfort us in that. And then when we're ready, and he knows we're ready because he knows us, he made us, he can be like, okay, now let me me show you. Let me walk you through this. Let me help you process this correctly and have the correct perspective of who I am, who you are. And what is taking place? Because even in that moment is like, what? what?" And he's like, yo, you don't have a voice. He's like, let me tell you what's really going on. So you can have the proper perspective of what I'm doing. Because I'm not harming you. I'm helping you. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm freeing you. I'm healing you in this moment. So let me put it in the proper perspective Of course, after you're done having your moment, because I'm going to let you do it, and I'm going to sit here with you, and I'm not going to tell you that you can't feel this way, because you can, and and you do. However, let me call you higher in this moment.
1: Yeah, that's So. so good. He's such a father. That's exactly what he does. He just, he's always calling us higher, always shifting our perspective, always being the lifter of our head. Like, when we get out of all of this, like, ah! You know all of this, and then like you said, he just comes in and he just completely one revelation will completely shift your entire uh,
0: entire perspective,
1: <laughs> uh, entire perspective, and it just and then and that that softens you and it causes you to trust more and it causes you to go grow in more intimacy, you know, with him, and then that teaches you to be more intimate and trusting and vulnerable with other people, other like, people vertical relationship relate right then it just completely just affects and impacts your horizontal relationships it
0: spills out
1: a- yeah it does and it's so beautiful it's so beautiful i ain't gonna lie it's a lot of stuff walking this walk with the lord you can I'm get hurt you. <laughs> you are hurt because it's, it's like lord you there's a lot of disappointment because of what we think will how we and what You know, but it's completely different. His ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. And so I just think that this is such a cool feeling that it literally forces you to connect. It forces you to address. It has to. Other way, how else will you get healed? Because when you deny it, what is that doing? It's just cutting you off.
0: That's it. This is so true. And it makes me think that ultimately we are called to love like God is love and we are called to love and it's with that love calls us to be willing to be hurt and he led by example I think that is the part that just hit me just now in that he literally chose to love us first knowing we were gonna be trifling and hurt him and slap him in the face and tell him that he harmed us and he did not. And and question his goodness and question his faithfulness. And like all the things that we do that I can raise my hand and be guilty of because I have been angry at the Lord and said some things. Lord, forgive me. Um, Again, let me ask you Um, forgive But yes, it's one of those things where literally he calls us to do what he does, which is to love. And he empowers us to do it through his Holy Spirit. And literally a part of that is being willing to be hurt. Which means we are going to be hurt and we also need to be willing to own the fact of how we feel and be willing to work through that. And the good news is, he walks through that with us because he led on this and he will lead you in doing this and will walk this with you. Literally hold your hand through this. You just have to be willing. You gotta be willing. You gotta be willing. There has to be a willing heart there. So...
1: That's what this makes
0: me feel, ultimately.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'll just say this to, you know, wrap it up. It just makes me think about, there's an example. Um, His name is one of the many names of God is Jehovah Shammah, which means Mm -hmm. the Lord who is there, the Lord who is available. And there was a time, long time ago, a few years ago, maybe, Um, outside of my apartment like 3 a.m in the morning somebody they these girls were fighting all you just hear is all this ruckus and then I look outside my window I see this girl face planted on the ground just crying out just crying and the Mm -hmm. Lord was like go ahead and go out there and I was like oh it's okay I'm I'm gonna just go back to sleep (laughs) (laughs) now I'm gonna go back to sleep I would just go back to sleep Anyway, so I ended up going out there, and this girl is on the ground, face planted in the ground, crying, and all this stuff. And he just led me to sit with her. I was like, I don't know what to do, Lord. And his friends was her friends were trying to get him get her up, but she was not she was not moving. And so I just sat on the ground with her. And so I'm slowly trying to like encourage her and stuff like that. Eventually, when she realized like this is a different voice that's speaking to her, and not her friends, I'm sitting on the ground with her. She looks up, and she's like back up, bruh, I don't need, mind you, she was also drunk, intoxicated, mm, I figured it was a lot of stuff going on and she's back up, I don't need, so she rejected it, right, so just mm. going back to that, when that's what and that's what often what God does with us, right, he's constantly reaching out to help us, hey give, mm. hey, give me that hurt give me that pain I'm trying to reach towards you you know, to help you, but we end up rejecting it, a lot of times we don't see it because we're so caught up in it And it's like, God, where are you? He's like, he's he's literally right there beside you. He led me to be right there beside her, trying to encourage her, trying to lift her up. But she rejected it because of how much hurt she was suffocated in, essentially. And so, like you said, we have to be willing. We have to be willing to reach back when someone or something is reaching towards us for help.
0: We have to be willing to accept that help and not reject it so that we don't end up feeling even more alone in those moments so yeah. absolutely well thank you for that that was a great great visual example um and so i just um, appreciate you sharing that because yeah that that really wrapped up what, that rejection piece and why it's important not to reject um when god is literally putting My his hand. hand out whether it's his hand or him working through the hands and feet of those humans here on earth um not rejecting that not rejecting that relationship with him and also with others that he's placing around us so absolutely well i have enjoyed this conversation on hurt (laughs) and being able to walk through it so i i really appreciate it any last thoughts before we wrap up today
1: take courage be strong Mm -hmm. and courageous Lord your god is with you Um, hurt requires you to be courageous into expressing where the pain is express the pain and get the healing
0: amen well we'll end it with that (laughs) we will end it with that and so thank y'all so much for listening to another episode and we will be back next week and let's heal together love you all bye